Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast would be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we are created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And if you cannot remember all of that, we have three core values here at FCBC. Well, let's say it differently. We live, we love, and we serve. Amen. Listen, I I won't be long this morning. Um, I want to look at a familiar scene that I think is appropriate for this last Sunday of the year. So if you have your phone, your apps, no matter what you have, I want you to turn to the book of Daniel. Daniel, the third chapter, and I'm going to read from the New Revised Standard Version as well as the Message Bible, Daniel 3, verses 19 through 25, Daniel 3, verses 19 through 25, In the NRSV, it reads like this, then Nebuchadnezzar was so filled with rage against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face was distorted. He ordered the furnace heated up seven times more than was customary and ordered some of the strongest guards in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to throw them into the furnace of blazing fire. So the men were bound still wearing their tunics, their trousers, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. Because the king's command was urgent and the furnace was so overheated, the raging flames killed the men who lifted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But the three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the furnace of blazing fire. Then King Nebuchadnezzar, was astonished and rose up quickly. He said to his counselors, was it not three men that we threw bound into the fire? They answered the king, true, O king. He replied, but I see four men unbound, walking in the middle of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the fourth has the appearance of a god. In the Message Bible, here's how it reads. Nebuchadnezzar, his face purple with anger, cut off Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace fired up seven times harder than usual. He ordered some strong men from the army to tie them up, hands and feet, and throw them into the roaring furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, bound, hand and foot, fully dressed from head to toe, were pitched into the roaring fire. Because the king was in such a hurry and the furnace was so hot, flames from the furnace killed the men who carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to it, while the fire raged around Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
Suddenly, King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in alarm and said, didn't we throw men bound hand and foot, three men bound hand and foot into the fire? That's right, O king, they said. But look, he said, I see four men walking around freely in the fire, completely unharmed. And the fourth man looks like a son of the gods. Come on, family, let's pray. God, we thank you this morning and we honor you. We honor you, O oh God, because you've been faithful and true. And we will continue, O oh God, to place our hope in you. God, you've been carrying us, keeping us for 52 weeks. 52 weeks, O oh God, that were filled with so many emotions, fear, anxiety, depression, outrage, terror. But then, oh God, even in the worst of times, you reminded us that we have more than enough reasons to rejoice. So, God, we thank you for that. We thank you for that. God, we pray today that your word would do its own work. And we will get out of the way and let you be God all by yourself. We know you hear us. And we know you see us. We just want to have a little conversation. Thank you, God, for taking this time to be mindful of us. This is our prayer. In your name we pray. Amen. In addition to what was read, I want to add verses 16 through 18 for context. Verses 16 through 18 of Daniel 3 reads like this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to present a defense to you in this matter. If our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire and out of your hand, O king, let him deliver us. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods. We will not worship the golden statue that you have set up. In the message, this is how it reads. Again, Daniel 3, 16 through 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered King Nebuchadnezzar, Your threats mean nothing to us. If you throw us in the fire, the God we serve can rescue us from your roaring furnace and anything else you might cook up, O king. But even if he doesn't, it wouldn't make a bit of difference, O king. We still wouldn't serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Amen. This morning, family, I just want to, I want to preach from this idea. I've been fire tested. I've been fire tested. No one ever really knows the appointed times or moments where you truly have to give an account 
of what you believe. No one really knows the moment, the time, the minute, the hour, the year, where what you profess as a believer must be made manifest in the resoluteness of your posture. No one really knows when those moments of of trial will rise in such a way that all of your reading and all of your teaching and all of your learning and all of your praying will have to come to a reckoning point. Oftentimes, the moments where our faith is required and the clarion call is made from the universe for your faith, those moments are not scripted moments. Those are not moments that are planned moments. Just as we can be blindsided by joy, the moments that require us to bring to the forefront the enormity and the expansiveness of what we claim to believe are often moments where we are blindsided by bruising. We are blindsided by grief and blindsided by misery and blindsided by agony. And it's in those unexpected, unplanned for moments where who you claim to be must rise to the surface. What makes a moment a blindsiding moment? What makes that moment an unexpected moment? Is it because it comes at a time that is just unplanned? Well, possibly. But maybe what deepens the nature of being blindsided is when a reality hits an assumption you have. When the reality of the moment meets assumptions about the moment and push deeper. When the reality about a moment that has not yet arrived meets with the assumptions you made about the unarrived moment. What does that mean? So many people entered 2020 with assumed language. This would be the year of clarity of vision. This would be the year where we would have full sight. I mean, the images and the language that abounded about 2020, the year of seeing clearly, the year of corrective spiritual surgery, the year of of the reckoning of who we are. That's how it started. But then somewhere along the way, as the chill of winter collapsed into the warmth of spring, in that moment, something shifted. The pandemic arrived that shook us from center to circumference. A pandemic hit that grappled us in ways we did not anticipate. Suddenly, the clarity we sought gave way to the blurry and the blurriness we experienced. The clear vision we had hoped for was now tainted by misery we did not expect. Hundreds of thousands of people lost. Millions upon millions upon millions of people sick, hundreds upon thousands hospitalized in a moment that we did not anticipate. And the nature of the catastrophic impact of COVID-19 
wreaked havoc on many of us. In that moment, many people began to cry out, why God or where God? Why would this happen? And where is God in this moment? As if the only rationale for God's presence is for preventative measures. If the only reason that God is God is to stop things. We began to raise those questions as if life is not filled with raging contradictions, if life is not filled with rampant inconsistencies. And we began to raise questions, not born of faith, but born of fear. Wanting some resolution, wanting some answers, but most importantly, wanting an end to this moment. We found ourselves even here at FCBC, having to galvanize resources and galvanize our energies and muster our faith to be a source of support and companionship during this challenging and troubling year. We had no idea that so much would be required from us in 2020. We had no idea that collectively, we would not only see the pandemic of COVID, but the pandemic connected to pathological narcissism. We had no idea that we'd also see the pandemic connected to COVID and pathological narcissism made manifest by the one who occupied the White House with the continued pandemic and insanity of racial injustice. I mean, it was a storm of events that all gave birth to a nuanced form of fear and anxiety. These are not the moments that ought make us question. And this is not the year that should have caused us to question God, God's presence. This is the year in which what was required was not for us to sigh and surrender, but to lean into the depth of our faith and stand firm on our faith and be clear that no matter what this year would bring, that we would be unshakable with regard to who we are and what we claim to believe. We never know. The moments when we will be required to be the truth we speak of. We never know the moments where we will be required to be the faith we speak of. And this year was such a moment. I could imagine Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah never thought that with all their promise and potential that they would end up in Babylonian captivity. They were people of faith, young men of faith, along with their mentor, Daniel, found themselves being held captive, but not just held captive, but held captive with expectations that in the midst of their captivity, they would be resourceful for their captors. Those three 
boys, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, found themselves learning a foreign language to serve a foreign king under the compulsion of a foreign power. They were blindsided by their captivity, blindsided by the collective misery of their people, Israel. And they never knew that this season, that season would be the season of the reckoning of their faith. And it happened in such a subtle way. They're already taken, confiscated by the Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar, being now made to learn the language of the Babylonians, being made now to be buffers between the people of Israel and Babylon. They were given somewhat of a privileged position because of their ability and adaptability to their captivity. Scripture says that those three boys, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, found themselves under the direction of a narcissistic king, a pathological narcissist. His name was Nebuchadnezzar. And as the story goes, Nebuchadnezzar was so enthralled with his power that he wanted to build a golden statue and did so, 90 feet high, 9 feet wide. The directive that was given to the people, all the people who were under Babylonian captivity and the Babylonians is whenever you hear the music begin to blow and the trumpets would blast and the tambourines would blast, at that moment you bow down to the statue which was a symbol of Nebuchadnezzar's power. And so the decree went out from the king and when the music would begin to play that everyone under the sound of the music would have to bow down. And when the playing started and the landscape was surveyed, knees were bent, heads were bowed, but three boys couldn't do it. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They weren't known by those names in Babylon because when they were confiscated from their land held captive, their oppressors changed their names. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those three boys with foreign names were told to bow down to a golden statue that symbolized the power of a foreign king. And when the music started playing, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah refused to bow or bend. They had no idea that the testing of their faith would be required in the moment of the insanity of the king. And the word spread to King Nebuchadnezzar. King, you gave the decree that when the music begins to play, that everyone would bow down and honor you by honoring the statue. But we have a problem. There are three young men here that you know and you trust who refuse to bow down. Nebuchadnezzar was beside himself with anger because his officials who informed him of the three boys' decision were preying on his fragile ego. And when they brought the three boys before Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar said that if you do not bow right now, 
we will turn that furnace up even hotter because that was the penalty. Anyone who did not bow will be thrown into a fiery furnace. The king not only reiterated the threat, but he said, we're going to turn the heat up even higher if you do not confess. And then those words. Your threats mean nothing to us. If you throw us in the fire, the God we serve can rescue us. But even if he doesn't, it wouldn't make a bit of difference. We still will not serve or worship other gods. I love the NRSV version, even the King James version. It says, um, but if not, the God we serve is able to deliver us. But if not, those three words are a theological treatise in three words. Our theological power in three words. Because what those three boys declared in those three words was our faith is not based on God's performance. Oh, I hope you can get that today. Who we are and who we claim to be is not dependent on God's current performance. I had to restate that. I'm going to say it one more time. Who we are and who we claim to be is not dependent on God's current performance. You see, their faith had been fortified prior to the fire. Oh, man. Their faith had been fortified prior to the fire. They didn't come to the fire looking for faith. They had faith when the fire showed up. Oh, I wish somebody could understand that today. There's some people who don't understand. They go groping for belief and groping for faith when the heat is turned up. But no, if you don't have it, when the fire shows up, you never had it in the first place. No, it doesn't manifest when trouble comes. Trouble meets your faith. The fire meets your faith. The hardship meets your faith. And that's why the hardship, the struggle, the fire, the tumultuous times don't have an impact on your faith when you showed up with it. Every now and again, you got to remind yourself, I woke up with faith this morning. I started my way with faith this morning. I made my way with faith this morning. And the same faith that kept me before the furnace was even built is the same faith that'll keep me now. If you got a fickle faith that you go groping for when the furnaces show up, it wasn't strong faith to begin with. In fact, I got a faith that sometimes go looking for furnaces. Looking for a reason to show what I believe. Looking for a reason to testify about who I am and who God has made me to be. No. You bring faith to the fire. And you realize that it's your faith and your trust in God that beats you to the calamity. Oh, God, back up. Can you imagine when your faith arrives before you do? 
Because your faith is so transcendent that it gets to places before you even arrive because the faith that you have sets the atmosphere for the crisis you might face. Oh, God, I hope you can hear this today. Because there's some folk who, who, who start to scramble, and I, and I hope I'm not offending anyone this morning, but there's some folk who start to squirm and scramble when trouble arises as if they have to grope for something that they already had and they missed it because they thought the new crisis was a new reality. No, 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 back up. You've been here before. You've seen trouble before. And the new name of trouble don't mean you have to face it with a new reality. No. Because trouble got many names. Trouble can be called Trump. It can be called COVID. Trouble has many names, but the name don't matter. The faith remains the same. And that's what keeps us. Those three boys said it doesn't matter what you do, what you say, where you put us. We ain't breaking, bending, or bowing. No matter what you say, no matter what the situation, I ain't breaking, bending, or bowing. Can you imagine if you enter every moment of your life, not a new year with grand expectations or not a particular kind of crisis, but if you enter every moment of your life unaware of what might be lurking around the corner and you say, no matter what I face, face, I ain't breaking, bending, or bowing, not today, that that is my disposition, that I will not break today, I will not bend today, I will not bow today. I don't care if I get news that I didn't expect. I don't care if a crisis rises that I did not plan for. I ain't breaking, I ain't bending, I ain't bowing. I don't care if people try to undermine the dignity of my humanity. I ain't breaking, I ain't bending, I ain't bowing. I don't care if folks try to minimize who I am. I ain't breaking, I ain't bending, I ain't bowing. I don't care if folks try to destroy me. I ain't breaking, I ain't bending, I ain't bowing that's what your faith says and can I give you this your faith is not designed as a preventative hold on hold on hold on I don't walk in faith to stop stuff oh God I walk in faith to walk through stuff oh I, I, I wish you could hear that today you want to believe to stop? No. I want to believe to get through. Because my faith will walk with me through whatever. Can you imagine Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah standing in front of Nebuchadnezzar and seeing the furnace, feeling the heat, the intensity of the heat, and still unwavering, still unbroken, still not bowing, feeling the heat, but the heat doesn't taint the faith, seeing the punishment, but the punishment don't quench the power. He said, our God, hey, is able, but if not, we still ain't going to break. We still ain't going to bow. We still not going to bend. And in 19, it says that Nebuchadnezzar was beside himself with rage. And he said, throw him in. Put him in. I don't want to belabor the point this morning. But, but it said he got strong 
soldiers <laughs> to escort the three boys into the furnace. Now watch this. And, and I remember speaking about this a long time ago. And I want you to capture the scene. That the escorts of the boys, it said, died because of the flames. Hold on, y'all, I know you missed that. The escort, the soldiers who were supposed to take the boys into the fire, died on the way to the furnace because of the intensity of the flames. I'm going to say it one more time. The soldiers who were designated to lead the three boys into the fire died because of the intensity and heat from the flames. Hold on. You see, some people would have said, hold on, this is an opportunity. God made a way to avoid the flames, but I know you missed it. It didn't suggest that those three boys walked in on their own. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. If the ones who were to take them in died on the way, how did they get in? See, when your faith says, I will walk unescorted by my enemies into the flames that are designed to destroy me, still believing, that's when your faith is of substance. They walked in the fire because their faith existed before the fire. And they stood there. But here's the part that we miss. We become so fearful at times of the circumstances that come our way. We never give an opportunity for the fourth person to show up. Oh, you missed that. We're so desirous to avoid the problem, to get around the situation, to not have to deal with certain things. We never give an opportunity for the fourth figure to show up, not realizing that the companion in the chaos will show up when you walk right in to what is faced before us. Oh, I wish somebody understood that this morning. And somehow, when they walked in, the story says that in the fire, their tunic was not burned. Their garments were not destroyed. And in fact, when Nebuchadnezzar looked in, I love this part, it said that he had to readjust. I, I imagine Nebuchadnezzar may have even wiped his eyes and said, wait a minute. I thought we put three men in the fire. But now I see four walking around freely. And that fourth one looks like a god. Oh, God, hold on. Now, I'm going to be done, and forgive me, but, but, but what you need to know is not what you can read, but you now must see what didn't happen. Because for some people, their theological presuppositions always point in one direction, and that direction is connected to God's performance. Because the expectation is if we get in the fire, God is going to stop the fire. That God is going to stop. God is going to block. God is going to stop the virus. God is going to stop the pandemic. God is going to stop the things that come our way. And we're always looking for God to stop, to block, to prevent. No, hold on. What about God to be present? And I've said this time and time again. It is the belief that shapes my theology. It is the idea that there will be moments along your journey where presence means more than performance. Where God being there means more than God doing anything when God is there. 
That if God has equipped you, sustained you, and given you all you need to make it through the next fire in your life, I just need to know that God walks with me. That God talks with me. I wish there was somebody here this morning who could testify that when you look back over 2020 and you begin to wonder how you made it this far, can I tell you how you made it? You made it because the same God who kept you in 2019 and kept you in 2018 and kept you in 2017 is the same God who's been keeping you every step of the way. That's why you made it. That's why you're here. Because God has been with you. And I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but somebody needed to be reminded that God is with you. Every step of the way. And when you know God is with you, you can say like those boys, but if not. And why can you say, but if not, can I get churchy for a second, like my grandma say, if he doesn't do another thing, God has already done enough. And is there anybody this morning who can testify that if God never does another thing, that God has already done enough? You see, those three boys had those names, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But not only will there come a time in your life where you must stand in your faith, but there comes a time in your life where you must stand in your identity. Can I help you understand this this morning? Hananiah means God is gracious. Mishael means there's nobody like God. And Azariah means God has helped me. And so the reason why those three boys were able to make it through their fire was because they trusted in God and trusted in who they were. If you're going to say God is gracious, you better walk in it. If you're going to say there's nobody like God, you better believe in it. If you're going to say God is going to help me, you better put your faith in it. And they were able to come through. They were fire tested. In fact, I don't care where you are in your house today. Find somebody. Text somebody. Call somebody and tell them, I got to tell you something. I've been fire tested this year. I've been through hell, but I'm still here. Lost my job, but I'm still here. I've been fire tested. I've come through the flames and I've come through the furnace and I've come to the end of this year. And I'm still here, still standing. And can I tell you, the way that fire purifies is the hotter the fire, all the impurities rise to the surface. That there's some stuff I had to burn off in 2020 in order to fully appropriate who God wants me to be in 2021. Maybe this season was a refiner's fire in my life. To get me ready for the next phase, the next season, the next reality. Your faith is something you bring with you to every battle, to every fight, to every war, to face any pandemic, any crisis. You bring your faith with you. 
That's the luggage that never gets heavy when you carry it every day of your life. I don't act faithful. I walk in faith. But if not, if God doesn't show up, if God doesn't act the way I want, if God doesn't move when I want, it still won't cause me to forget everything God has done before and has kept me to this point. I know that during this year, for some of us, it was tough. I know that for many of us, it was challenging. But we are still here by the love and grace of God. Some of you have lost friends and family members. And so the pain of loss is real. But just as real as the pain of loss is also the gift of life. Just as real as the loss has been, you're real. You're still here. And if I can mourn for what I've lost, can I rejoice for what I have? We made it. We made it. Some didn't, and it wasn't because we were more righteous or we were more holy or we were better. It's called life. Whether it was COVID or something else, life continues to happen. And so we can't use these moments to somehow over-spiritualize them and say we're here because we still believe more. We're here because we are more holy. Our faith and our religion is better than anyone else's. No, no, that's not our work. Our work is to just simply celebrate in the fact that with all the hardship, with all the challenges, with all the losses, with all the sickness, with all the death, we're still breathing. We're still living. And can I tell you, in 2021, pandemic or no, there are going to be some deaths. Pandemic or no, there are going to be some losses. What I also know is that we will show up with the same faith to face not only a new year, but new seasons, and also what? New challenges. My brother, my sister, when you look back over your life and see the things you've been through, you've been fire tested. And like those three boys, the fires you've been through did not destroy you. Something I shared some months ago. If you made it to this last Sunday of the year, it means that you have survived 100% of your worst days in 2020. If you made it here, you survived 100% of your worst days this year. How do you not rejoice for that? It doesn't discount the loss, the pain, the agony. But you survived 100% of your worst days. Can I let you on something? I know I've been fire tested. Started out this year, me, with COVID. My wife, with COVID. 
my son with COVID, my daughter COVID, and guess what? Still here. Fire tested. Mm -mm. COVID didn't make my faith show up. My faith let COVID know it's always been here. Always been here. And as we lean into this new year, not knowing what it will bring, just like we don't know what every year will bring, we know what we will bring. Our faith, our trust, and our belief in a God who's done so much already that like those three boys, we can then say, but if not, this year will not break us. This coming year will not cause us to bend and we surely will not bow. We have been fire tested. Come on, lean in a little bit. Let's talk to God. Lord, we thank you today. And we honor you today, oh God, for this reminder today. It is troubling as this year has been. We serve a God who can trouble trouble. We serve a God who can be problematic for a pandemic. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that every step of the way you've been walking, you've been talking, you've been affirming and reaffirming who we are to you. So we say thank you. Now, oh God, as we stand on the precipice of a new year, let us learn not to move in with assumptions, but to move into this year prepared, prepared for whatever this year may bring. The good, the bad, the indifferent, we will come and we won't come by ourselves. God, we're walking with you and we're walking with our faith. Our faith born of trial, our faith born of struggle, our faith born of relationship with you. God, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We love you, Lord. And we honor you, God. And it's in your name we pray and we say amen. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.